Doing good? Feeling great. That's what I want to hear. Amen. Other folks I've seen here for the first time and others I've seen back, we just welcome you and uh, trust that you'll be fed as we jump into God's word this morning. All right, if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the 8th Psalm, Psalm 8, amen. How many of you like the book of Psalms? Man, I love it. It's got every emotion, it's got every, every attitude, every trial, every test, anything that you could ever face, amen, it's, it's in there somewhere, and, uh, and, and God helps us navigate through those hard times. I really appreciate the emphasis in worship this morning. It really confirmed my word. In fact, uh, Pastor Pete quoted a scripture that's out of the same uh, chapter that I'm going to be, we're going to be looking into in just a moment, and I love it when God confirms. So open up your hearts. Amen. There's more. There's more that God has for us this morning. Amen. Let's just believe God for that. Father, we come to you right now, and God, we know there's life in your word. God, you're the life giver. God, we've asked you to come rest on us. We've asked for your manifest presence and your glory this morning. God, you're not disappointing. And so, God, we ask that you would, God, that you would just continue to pour out your spirit, that you would continue to rest on us, God, that you would continue to grant us, Lord God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the full knowledge of Jesus Christ. And help us to see the things that you want us to see. God, and bring about profound change. God, a renewing of our mind that would bring transformation to our lives. God, we don't want to just read your word. God, we want to give expression to your word. God, we we don't want to just know your heart, God, but we want to give expression to your heart, what you deposit in our lives. And so, God, help us to do that today as we encounter you through your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, I was wondering why that looked blurry. I got to get my other set of eyes out. Amen. Psalm chapter 8. This was, this was kind of quickened to me when I was on vacation. I was actually out in a boat. And, uh, and I, it, where we go, I don't know if you've ever been to East Grand Lake, but it's just a beautiful lake. Half of it's in Canada, half of it's in the U.S., and and uh, just surrounded by mountains, and there's just tremendous sunsets there, and, and uh, you're, you're on this lake, and, and you, you just, you can't help, you know, this psalmist in Psalm 8, he, he, begins, to, he begins to break out with, the, with declaring the glory of God uh, in, in creation, just by witnessing what he sees around him, amen, and that happened to me this week. And so we're going to begin in, in, in verse 1 of Psalm, the 8th Psalm right here. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Amen. I could just picture David laying in the fields or maybe tending sheep or out on his rooftop. Depending, I, can't, I, I don't know exactly how old he was when he, when he wrote this one, but he was looking at creation. And you know that because... He says in verse, uh, in verse 2, he says, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing influ- uh, infants you have ordained strength because your enemies that you have silenced the enemy and their avenger. And then in verse 3, I love this. 
He says this. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, amen, when I consider the heavens, he's looking up into the sky, he's he's beholding the glory of God through creation, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? Amen. Have you, have you ever been so caught up in the glory of God, just, just in creation? Maybe you're doing a hike, or you're out, you're out uh, in your backyard, and you're having a fire pit or something, and, and you, just, you just, all of a sudden, the presence of God just in creation itself begins to draw near to you, and you, and, and, and you acknowledge it, and, and when you begin to look at just the bigness of God, David started out, oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name says, in all the earth, you have set your glory above the heavens. In other words, even creation itself declares the glory of God, and that isn't even enough to give expression to all the glory that God has. Creation itself, and I've been out there on that lake, and I was out there this week, and and I'm looking around, and I'm just seeing the glory and the beauty in creation, and I was lost for words. It's like the the words weren't there to be able to tell the Lord how much, amen, I I was experiencing his presence and what I was witnessing, amen, in in, in those sunsets and in those sunrises and and just the the glory of God, amen? And he said, and I felt like that. This psalm actually came to me. What is man that you're mindful of him? God, with all your majesty and all your glory and, and all the, the, the creation and, and that we witness all around us every moment of every day, and this is in a fallen world. Can you imagine before men fell? Amen? And, and, and just speechless. You, you, you don't know what else you can say because he, his glory is above it all. And you think, God with all the mess that I've had in my life and all the things that I've gone through and all the ways that I must have hurt you and grieved you and all the, all the ways that, that Lord, I, I, I try to get it right and I don't. God, what is man that you're mindful of him? You ever felt like that? Been so immersed in the presence of the Lord, say, why does he give, even give me any time? Why does he even consider me? Amen. I, I, you know, you can get lost up in that, in, in that present. You can get, it can, it can get just like a vacuum that sucks you away. And then it, all of a sudden you see the bigness of God and you see how little we are apart from him. And then God says, listen, you've been seated in heavenly places. I've rescued you from the snare of the fowler. I've delivered you from the power of sin. Amen. I've, I, I love you enough. The God of creation, the God of the universe came down. Amen. Because of love, he came down and he said, listen, I want, I want to take you with me on this journey. I want to lift you up. I, I want you to encounter my glory. I want you to encounter my presence. I've got a new destiny for you. I've got a new plan for you. I've got a new design for you. And it's a good one. Amen. You know, when he talks about, in verse 2, he says, 
in Psalm 8, he says, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and avenger. You know what happens when you begin to enter into praise? And you begin to enter into worship? And no matter what you're feeling like and no matter what you're going through, you elevate him. You begin to exalt him. You begin to worship him. You begin to praise him. Amen. He says, because of your enemies, I've, I've developed a warfare weapon for my people. It's called praise. It's called worship. As, as Pastor Pete entered in this morning, amen, things were taking place and being displaced in the heavenlies over this church. Releasing and activating the will and the power, the will and the power of God in in the church, bringing healing, bringing life, bringing minis- ministering to the soul, the depths of our being. Amen. And he says, "Listen, out of <clears throat> out of babes and out of nursing influence, uh, infants." Amen. Jesus quotes this a couple times. We're going to look at it real quick. He quotes this a couple times. In other words, it isn't the, it isn't the high and mighty. It isn't just the, the ones that are super gifted in, in instruments, are super gifted in vocal talents and all that. No, just out of, out of babes, out of influence. Remember I preached a few weeks ago that you can't enter the kingdom. You can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. Amen. An infant, a spiritual infant. He goes, it's out of that childlike faith, out of that, that abandonment. Kids just abandon themselves to whatever they're in. Amen. And, and he said, it's out of that childlike faith that, that the enemy is silenced and the avenger is destroyed as we begin to worship him and elevate our vision on him and off our problems and off our circumstances. In Matthew eleven twenty five, 25, this is one of the places Jesus quotes this. He kind of brings, he brings a greater clarity uh, to what he's talking about here. In, in verse 2, he says, you've ordained strength of, of Psalm 8. Eleven twenty five. 25, it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. You know, we, we, we can shoot a hole in our own boat when we trust in our own, our own wisdom, in our own arrogance, in our own pride, in our own. He says, no, you've hidden, hidden things. God's the revealer. The secret things belong to the Lord. Those that are revealed belong to us. Amen. And God wants us to want the secret things. God wants to reveal to you secret things this morning. Amen. He wants you to see things you've never seen. That's the nature. You, you know, you, sometimes you don't go for anything unless you're hungry for it. This week, one thing, when we go to camp, I am never hungry. <laughs> I didn't even dare to try to put a coat on this morning. <laughs> I, have, I have got two weeks to get ready for a wedding and hopefully get into a suit. Amen. I got one suit. So if I can't get into it, I'm in trouble. Amen? Amen. And uh, so we're going to try to reverse this cycle that we were in over vacation. But there was an abundant supply of very, very good food. A couple of grills going all I won't go there. It was, it was just great. Every kind of salad, every kind of... It was wonderful. <clears throat> anyway, he says things... You've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seems good in your sight. 
Then in Matthew 21, we get a little further explanation as Jesus quotes this scripture. And Jesus went to the temple, uh, 21 and verse 12, when Jesus went to the temple of God and drove out all who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Can you imagine being in that service? Amen. Jesus walks in, starts throwing things around. Overturning the money changers' tables. Then he speaks a nice edifying message to them. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. He's talking to the preachers. You know, you wonder why they crucified him? See, the religious spirit is totally contrary to kingdom reality and kingdom truth. It's, if, you start, if you start getting agitated when someone gets excited about worship or the presence of the Lord, or you start getting aggravated because God's really moving, just ask God to come in and change your heart. Amen. I've been there. I remember going to Bible school. I'm like, these people are crazy. You think it's crazy here. You should have been in the Bible school I went to. And they're dancing. They're crying. They're flopping around. They're getting slain in the spirit. Getting, I'm like, get me out of here. And then I, I, what it did is it drove me to the Word because I knew God had called me there and, and, it, and it drove me to the Word and I'm, I'm staying up all night and, 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 and trying to find this stuff. And I started to see it. And then I said, well, God, if I'm the problem, and, and, and they're all not wrong, <laughs> if maybe the issue's with me, God, would you change my heart? And then I began to open up to the presence of the Lord. I love the presence of God as long as I could control it. <laughs> You're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. Amen? I loved it. God, I, I love your presence, but just don't do this. Don't make me do this. I remember the first time God gave me a word. He said, I want you to, I want you to prophesy. I mean, I broke out into a sweat. I, I thought I was going to pass out. And, you know, and when you got 200 Bible school students there, you got 200 judges when, when you prophesy, amen? It isn't like people that are really looking to Hitler. They want to know if you got the real thing. And so I'm saying, and I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Five of my wife elbows me and says, the Lord give you a word. You might as well give it. <laughs> she told me, and she did that two or three times. He would tell her just to get me to move, amen? I don't know, I guess I felt more comfortable with my wife telling me than I did with God telling me, and God had mercy on me, amen? And so we, 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 when, we, when we cry out to God and we, we, we get lost in his majesty and in his glory, we, we need to ask the Lord, God, God, make me willing to be immersed in your presence, and God, don't let me hold anything back. God, I give you permission to take all of me. It's a scary prayer. I'll be honest. It's easy to say, God, move as long as I can control. But when we say, God, I, I, I give the reins of my heart to you, that's a little different. Amen? Amen. But I'm telling you, when you do, there's nothing greater. There's nothing greater. 
Matthew 21, 12, Jesus went in the temple. He overthrows the money changers' tables. He drives them out, sold doves. He said, you've made my house a den of thieves. This was because what they were doing, uh, they had to bring sacrifices to the temple to offer sacrifice to God, and, and it had to be without blemish. And if your sacrifice, if your lamb, your goat, whatever you brought in had a blemish, then you couldn't offer it, but they just happened to have some there that they would sell you. Do you see the problem? And so this is what they were doing. They were fleecing the people, and especially the poor people, and they would bring the sacrifice that they had, and they would find something wrong with it, and then they would say, but you can buy this for so much money, and that money went into the till to benefit them. Jesus had enough of it. He comes in, he overturns the money tables, uh, uh, and the money goes flying. He drives out the animals. In another scripture, you see that he sat down and he made a whip before he went in. This is the loving Jesus. <laughs> you know, he chastens who he loves. He didn't go in there, he didn't go in there without love being the motivator. He was trying to bring truth. He was trying to set them free. And he only got out as big a whip as he needed. Then it's up to them to respond. Amen? And so, he goes on to say, in verse 13, As he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Then, after this, after he cleans house, it says, Then the blind and the lame came to him to the temple, and he healed them. Same Jesus. Wheeling a whip, and healing the sick. Amen? He'll give us whatever we need. Just saying. So the blind came to him, the lame came to him in the temple. After witnessing this, they came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests, listen to the irony of this verse, when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful, everybody say wonderful, when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Who responded in worship and praise? The children. Amen. Who was indignant? The religious leaders of their day, the scribes, the Pharisees. And they admitted when they saw the wonderful things that he did, they were indignant. That's how you can tell what spirit you're of when things are happening around you. If you're getting indignant, hey, repent, get right with God and get blessed. If you're entering in, going with the flow, run with it. Amen. Amen. And, and, and God will continue to bless. When the chief priests and scribe, scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and then when the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. You see, the presence of God demands a response. And if the adults and the religious leaders wouldn't do it, then he had the kids do it. This was prophesied of. And he said to him, do you hear what these, they said to him, do you hear what, these, what, what they're saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infant, infants, Psalm 8, amen, you have perfected praise. Psalm 8 said strength. Jesus gives a clearer version of it, clearer application of it under the new covenant. You have perfected praise. Amen. In verse 3, back in Psalm 8, 
says, when I considered your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you have ordained, when I considered, what are we considering? What's our focus on? Where are we looking? Amen. What's our expectation? When, when, when David said, when I considered, amen, when I considered your heavens, he began to elevate his vision off his present circumstance. And, and, and he had such an encounter with God at that time that he began to worship and he began to praise. Amen. It was just birth that just flowed out of him when he considered. You know, what we consider, it, it, it can determine our direction. What we consider, what we meditate on, what we ponder can, 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 take us, we can take us closer to God or it can take us away from God. Amen? David said, listen, I, I, when I considered, let's look at some other people who did some considering in the scripture. Let's go to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 and verse 15. He said, I am the Lord, your, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. This is when he's, Isaiah's prophesying of, of the deliverance that they will receive uh, after captivity in Babylon. He said, listen, don't, don't forget when you're in captivity, don't forget who I am. Don't forget my plan for you. Yeah, there's going to be a season when I got to work out idolatry. I got to work the things out of your life that's, that's taking you away from me, that's causing you harm and destruction. He said, but listen, thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. They had already encountered that when they got delivered from Egypt. He was, he was referring, amen, to, to an encounter in the past that they had had, and he's trying to encourage them. He said, who brings forth the chariots and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. You remember when the children of Israel left Egypt and Pharaoh and his armies charged them and he split the sea and Israel went forth, on, uh, crossed over on dry ground and when, the, when Pharaoh's army entered in, the sea came back and they were extinguished like a wick. He says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Here we are considering again. It's all right to consider, amen, the majesty and the glory of God like David was. It's all right. When I consider, amen, who you are and, and the majesty of your creation. But he said here, he's saying, listen... Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself, and they shall declare my praise. There it is again, what you consider. And then there, there, there's that expression as we encounter the Lord of praise being released and activated in and through a people that know who their God is. He said, now in order for you to encounter me the way that you need to encounter me, in order for you to get the deliverance that I desire to bring, in order for you to get free, don't remember the things of old. Some of us need to forget the past. 
Amen? If we live our life looking in the past, looking in the rearview mirror, it's awful hard to go forward. You ever tried driving a car looking in the rearview mirror? Driving forward. Now, there's a lot reason why you got a lot bigger windshield. Amen? God wants us moving forward. And he says, listen, you've made some mistakes. I've made some mistakes. We, we've, had to, we've had to learn through some things, and we've had some trials, and we've had some tests. But don't let your past trip you up on the future that God has for you. Don't live there. Don't dwell there. Amen. Outgrow it. Move on. Whatever you've got to do, worship your way through it. Praise your way through it. Thank God for his faithfulness in spite of it all. Amen. He says, listen, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. In other words, don't let your consideration always be on the past, always on past mistakes, always on on things that maybe if you had another chance, you would have done it different. Don't live there. Amen? Why? Because God wants to do a new thing in your life. God says, I'm doing something new. And the only thing that will keep you out of the new thing that I'm depositing in your life is you're not looking for the new thing. You're looking in the past. You're going to go the direction you're looking. Amen? You're going to head the direction you're looking. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness. You know, God can make a way where there is no way. I'll make a road in the wilderness. I don't know which way to go, Lord. I'm in the wilderness. I can't see. He said, I'll make a road. Just stay on the road. (laughs) I'll make a road in the wilderness, and I'll make rivers in the desert. You dry, you parched. Amen. You spiritually depleted. You've been going through some things and maybe you're down, you're tired, you're discouraged. He said, listen, I'll give you rivers. It wasn't wasn't a little pond. It isn't a little stream. Jesus said, look, you, you come to me and take a drink. And that drink out of your innermost being will flow rivers. A drink from God produces rivers. Amen? Just got to get a drink. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Down in verse 21, my people I have formed for myself. If you ever have an identity crisis and want to know why you're here, let's just settle that right now. Amen. We were created for his glory. He said, for this people I have formed for myself. Revelation says the same thing. I, I, I have created these people for myself. Amen. That, that means this is how valuable you are. God created you for him. Not just a walk the earth, take up space and breathe air and squeak out an existence. You were designed and created for the glory of God. In fact, you and I were designed in the very image of God. Don't ever, don't ever say, well, I just wish I knew who I was. I just wish I knew I had purpose in life. 
I wish life had meaning. Don't go there. Amen. Don't forget those things that are behind. Press on to those things before. Begin to encounter God. Get your value. Get your identity from Him. Amen. And you, you'll be repositioned in such a way that nobody will be able to challenge who you are. You know, that's one of the biggest battles people face in our culture today. They're looking for identity. They're looking for who they are. They're trying all kinds of stuff. Sex changes, all kinds of, you know, just trying to find. My heart goes out for them. Man, there's a better way. Romans chapter 4. I'm going to close here. In Romans chapter 4, we're going to see somebody who refused to consider in, in, in ex- extreme situations, he refused to consider the thing that would sink the promise of God in his life. Some things we've got to consider, and other things we've got to refuse to consider. Amen. Romans 4. Romans 4 and verse 13. This is about Abraham. It says, For the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now this is tremendous, because Abraham lived actually before the law. Then the law came, and then everything after the law was being interpreted through the law. And Paul's writing to the book of Romans, and he said, look, some of you guys are getting confused about this. He said, Abraham received the promise that he would be the father of many nations and that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through his seed, which was prophetic of Jesus, who would come, amen? Through his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. He said he did not receive this promise through the law, but by the righteousness of faith. Do you know righteousness is a byproduct of faith? You believe God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. You believe God, amen, and you're saved. For herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You, you start moving and functioning in faith, amen, that righteousness is a byproduct of it. And this is what he's saying with Abraham here. For the promise that he would be heir of the world, pretty good promise, huh? was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. If it's by the law or works, faith is made of none effect. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Verse 16, Therefore it is of faith, that it might be according to grace. Amen. Grace. Another byproduct of faith. That it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. He's bringing the new covenant reality to it. Transitioning from old to new covenant. He's the father of us all. Why? Because of the law? No, but because of faith. Now, Abraham didn't start at the top of the faith mountain. If you read about his life, he made some tremendous mistakes. It started, God says, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave the the country where you are. I'm going to send you to a place. I'll tell you when you get going where you're going. 
pack up and go. And he did, he packed up and went, but he took Lot with him. And then when they had a, Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen had a beef, there wasn't enough room for their, that God was blessing them so much, he gave them the good land and he went another direction. And it said the Lord had spoken to Abram. Gave him another shot. Abram, he worked through issues. 25 years he was when he got the promise that he would be the father of, of, of all nations before it even come close to happening. And all that time, God was working faith into him. Went down into Egypt, lied about his wife, said it was his sister. She was so beautiful, she was so hot, she was afraid that the Egyptian... Pharaoh would want her, and he's afraid he'd get killed, so he just said, ah, she's my sister. This is the father of us all. <laughs> Has God got grace? Has God got mercy? Amen? You know, we read about these. I love the fact that the Bible puts in the good and bad and ugly about people. It gives me hope. Amen? He says, not many wise, not many prudent. Look at your own calling, brother. And he says, not many wise, not many prudent. Amen? No. It isn't the wisdom. It isn't us being prudent. It isn't us being wise that gets us anything in God. It's him. He said, not many of them are called. He said, I choose the foolish things. (laughs) Amen? Are you a foolish thing this morning? You're chosen by God. That was a loaded question, wasn't it? That was my bad. That wasn't good. I shouldn't have done that. Amen. Therefore, it was of faith, according to grace, that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only those of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God. Everybody say, believe God. Believe God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Amen. Amen. Light be, and it was. Amen. When God speaks, it's created by nature and it releases, amen, the power of God to bring it to pass. He doesn't need anything to work with. That's how faith is. Who gives life to the dead. Now, why was that important to Abraham? Because he was 100 years old and still hadn't had a kid yet. Amen? Things are a little different when we get older. Abraham was 75, and God said, you're going to be you're going to have, go out and look at the stars. You're going to have that many kids. You can't number them. Go look at the sand in the sea. You're going to have that many kids that, that are going to come from, from your, from your uh, heritage. Sand of the sea. I would, have, I would have rolled over at 75 and said, man. <laughs> then it was 100. He tried Ishmael, tried a couple things on the side. Didn't work. Wasn't what God had in mind, but God's grace purged it from him. We're still paying the price for that mistake. He said, I've made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God. He brought him to a place of faith where he believed God 
who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, no hope left, who contrary to hope in hope believed, listen to this, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. When there was no hope, nothing, absolutely nothing in the natural that would say this could happen, he still hoped. And we're going to see why. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider. Amen. Some of us have got to put away the things we're considering. And start considering the truth of God's word, the promises of God that are yea, amen, and amen. What God is speaking, what God's doing in the atmosphere of worship, what God's speaking when you're in the word, amen. When you're on your knees before God and God's depositing something in your life and there's things going on in your life that are contrary to that, you don't see how it could ever happen, amen. Don't consider it. Turn your gaze on him. Begin to focus on the one who, who doesn't need anything to work with. He, he, can, he can bring anything into existence by speaking it into your life. Who contrary to hope believed in hope. He became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Faith comes by hearing. So shall your descendants be. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. I love this. The older I get, I love this. Amen. Imagine going into Starbucks and get a coffee and you're 100 years old. Pastor, what are you going to tell them this morning? Well, we're going to have a baby. I don't know what that would do to me. Amen. Can you, can you imagine? You, you, he had to get to a place of faith where he just could not consider the impossibility of the situation of that promise. That If you want to get healed, you want to get delivered, get in the promises of God. Begin to read that by his stripes you're healed. Begin to study the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross and what he purchased. If you, if you need to get free from the power of sin or addictive behavior, or, you're, or you've got to be setting sin, or you're struggling with something in your life, amen, you don't need to counsel your way out of it necessarily. Amen. You get a hold of God and say, God, this is a problem in me. You've given victory over this. I read it in your word. The blood is enough. This has been defeated. I don't want to be a slave to this thing anymore. I don't want this thing to own me. God, I am yours. You own me. Set me free. And don't consider the trail of thoughts that will follow that prayer. Well, so-and-so prayed. That didn't happen. This so-and-so, that didn't happen. Don't even go down there. Don't consider it. Abraham considered not the deadness of his body or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah laughed when the angel came and said, you're going to have a child this time next year. She laughed. I think she was a year younger than Abraham. 
But Abraham, who contrary to hope, he had, been, he, had been, he had grown enough in his faith, he'd come to a place where he says, who contrary to hope and hope believe. Down in verse 19, he wasn't weak in the faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief. See, considering, considering other things than the promise is only going to rob your faith. It will make you waver in unbelief, make me waver in unbelief. You can't consider them. God, you said I'm not moving off this. Amen, Matt? Matt's got that tenacious faith. I like that. Amen. He said, you just can't consider it. Nothing else matters. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced. When you don't consider the wrong things, you get fully convinced. Amen? God's able to fully convince you. He is, really. I'm telling you. It's right here. It's in the book. I, I didn't say this. This is God speaking. Amen? And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, not considering, amen, he was fully convinced, and it wasn't in his ability to get faith, it wasn't in his own righteousness, he was fully convinced because he had been convinced, he wouldn't consider anything else, but when God promises, he delivers. When God promises, he performs. When God promises, it's him that does the work. When God promises that it's mine, it's mine. Not by anything I can do, but believing that what he promised is true, and we put all our eggs in that basket, and we don't look for anything else. We don't consider anything else. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. It gets better. You know, it's, it's really exciting when we read about great men of faith in the Bible, about Abraham. You know, I mean, when I read about Jesus, read through the Gospels and read about Jesus, now, if I look at him as just the, it's the son of God, and he is. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to tell you. But everything he did in the Gospels, he did as a man. He came to earth, and he lived as a man. He suffered and died. He, he, he felt those nail, nails. He felt that crown of thorns. He felt the hurt of rejection. He felt he was tempted and tested in all points like as we are. He felt it all. Everything he did. Now, as the son of God, I mean, I'd, I'd still be real impressed. I mean, if he did. But when he did that as a man, then he says, the works that I do, you'll do, and greater works because I go to my father. We can't say, well, you were God. That, was, that lets us off the hook. No, he became a man. When they came into that temple and he began to heal the blind and the lame and, and, and the kids began to worship and began to praise, he did it as a man. Abraham was a man, amen? He was a man who made mistakes, who disobeyed God, who feared for his life, willing to put his wife on the line to spare his life. 
And God, through it all, brought him to a place where he had, he had encountered the Lord in such a way in this process, amen, that he was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. I wonder what his family members were saying, anyone who was left. You know, we're going to have a baby. Through our, our seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Abraham, you're a hundred. Can't you let go of that? <laughs> Sarah, talk some sense into him. He didn't, couldn't consider it. God spoke, and his trust was in the one who spoke, not in the impossibility of the situation. If you want to have faith, keep your eyes on Jesus, not on how you can interpret how God's going to do it. Most every big thing in my life came at a time different than I expected, in a way different than I expected, by people different than I expected. I kind of give up on trying to fill in the blanks when God speaks. Amen? God, I'm believing you. God, you spoke in me. I'm believing you. So if you just do this, 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 and this, and I know I got it. God said, you just ruined my plan. I'm going to do it my way. You know, I love it when people, the end time theology and eschatology, people get all caught up in it. And I guess we should be concerned about it. Here's my end time eschatology. It's in 1 John. He says, abide in me, and when I come, you will not be ashamed at my appearing. Abide in him. You haven't got to worry whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, after-trib. Create your own trip. Doesn't matter. The important thing is that we abide in him. Amen? And, and I love, he says, the times and the seasons are in my hands, and nobody knows the day and the hour. And ever since, everybody's trying to figure that out. I think if someone actually hit on it and figured it out, God would change it just because he's God. Here's the good news. It's one thing when we, we delegate this to Abraham and, and, and see his faith and how he responded. But he said, but this was not written for his sake alone. That it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. This isn't just for Abraham. He was the first of a new breed, first of a new generation, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. What is he saying? He's saying that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Every obstacle to the heart of God has been removed. It's been overcome. He was delivered because of our offenses, so your offenses can't keep God away from you. He was raised for our justification. That word justification means just as if we never sinned. 
And so we can call boldly before a throne of grace. By a new and living way, we can, we can enter the very throne room of God. We can encounter God, forgetting those things that are behind, <laughs> looking forward to those things that are before us, considering not the things of the past. Because God says, I'm doing a new thing. I'm telling you, he's doing a new thing in this nation right now. He's doing a new thing. Revival has begun. And it's going to continue to sweep through this nation. It doesn't matter who's president and who's not president. I mean, we want the right ones in there. But you can't stop the hand and the move of God. And God said, I've had enough, and I'm going after the hearts of my people. Amen? Amen? Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Shall you not know it? God can't wait to reveal it to us each step of the way. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If Pastor Pete would come this time. Now, we're just going to continue what God was doing this morning in worship. Amen. He was showing up. He was revealing things, manifesting himself, speaking truth into lives. Decrees were being released prophetically. People were being healed and blessed. And we want to continue in that atmosphere. And I believe the way that we do that is we take careful consideration on what we're considering. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's lift our eyes. Some of you are in a tough spot. Some of us are in a tough spot. Amen? And it can be discouraging. I'm not minimizing that. I'm not, I'm not saying deny reality. What I'm saying is there's a God who supersedes the reality that, that you live in right now. His throne is in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. So whatever your struggle is this morning, whatever your, your problem is this morning, we're not going to consider the impossibility of it or the ramifications of it. Those are there. You can think about it all you want. It isn't going to change anything. Or we can lift our vision on the king of glory. We can get lost like David in his presence and begin to thank him for the victory that's coming in our life. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray to that end right now. And if any of you need special prayer this morning, you've got something specific you want us to agree with you in, we would be glad to do that. We love praying for you here. We've, we've seen some tremendous fruit. We're going to believe for more. Amen. Father, we just come to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And as, as Pastor Pete declared this morning, the whole church is an altar right now. God, you see the hearts of your people. And God, it's so easy to be overwhelmed the day that we live. God, especially, God, if we, we watch things that are going on around us, if we watch the news, if we look at the, the situation of our culture, God, it can sink us. 
But God, this morning, we choose to lift our eyes and our vision upon you. God, we lift, lift them over our circumstances, over our situations, over the impossibilities of the promises that you have made to us. And God, we're choosing in our heart this morning to consider you. To not consider those things that would say that it's impossible. To not consider those things, Lord God, that would try to drag us down or keep us from all that you have. But God, our eyes are upon you in the victory. God, because you died, God, and you took away our offenses and our sins, and you were raised for our justification, a way has been made. We have access through the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ to every provision, to every promise, to every good thing, God, that you have decreed in your word. And we say yes and amen to your promises. We say yes and amen. God, I ask it, God, as we leave this place and other thoughts begin to enter in or even well-meaning people may try to steal the faith that's been deposited today. God, I pray that you would give us hearts of love and a consideration for only you in truth. your promises would be so knit in our hearts, so ingrained in us that we would not be moved off them. And as we were exhorted this morning, God, that we would not be weary in well-doing because we will reap if we faint not. Abraham was a perfect example of that. God, don't let us consider the deadness of our situation. Don't let us consider the impossibility of it. But let us consider the God of all hope. The God who calls those things that are not as though they were. The God who declared that all things are possible with me. God, our eyes are upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship him and give him the glory that's to his name. Amen.